0: industry trade groups are warning the bourbon industry that our white oak forests are not sustainable. Will we run out of oak barrels? Will bourbon change as we know it? If you want to find out, then stick around. So before we get started, I want to thank all of the patrons that have joined out there to support this cause. We could not do it without you. Podcasts are expensive produce and maintain, and it's the Patreons out there that make it all possible. But we do have a lot of extra things that the Patreons get. So if you're watching this video, you may want to consider joining our Patreon. We do some live in-person events, we're doing a couple of distillery takeovers where we take over the whole distillery for the day, pick a single barrel, there's going to be single barrel purchase opportunities. We've got some live in-person bottle shares, online bottle shares. We have a Patreon-only challenge coin that's coming out. We have massive discounts on merchandise. Um, It's just a really great community. And you also get the satisfaction of knowing that you're supporting the channel and the mission of bringing people together. So if you'd like more information, check out the link in the description. So before we get started on the actual episode, as usual, we have some disclaimers. So some of the players in this drama are from extreme ends of the political spectrum because we're talking about global warming. We're talking about, you know, uh, CO2 levels and all that stuff. And we are simply relying a message that we found. Okay, we're not attempting to alienate anyone based on your political views. So just keep that in mind. So first off, let's talk about why barrels matter. So since 1964, part of the the definition of bourbon is that it must be aged in a new charred oak container. And uh, obviously, virtually all of the time, the container is a barrel. And there's a good reason for that. Uh, Barrels like the ones that you see here are held together with hoops and the liquid inside causes the wood to swell. The hoops hold it together, make it watertight. And you don't have any fasteners and whiskey is extremely reactive with iron so if you have any fastener screws or nails and it comes in contact with that whiskey it will uh, degrade the iron it gets into the whiskey and it makes it not good that's why barrels are so popular Um, and it, it a lot of people think that it needs to be american oak uh, but the species of oak is actually not defined in the regulations. So the oak trees don't have to come from the United States. Um, they can come even from overseas, uh, and, but usually the, the oak is from the US because the cost of importing oak is, is prohibitive for mass produced whiskeys. Uh, so it's almost always American white oak. Uh, barrels provide between 50 and 80% of bourbon's distinct character, depending on what study you read and 100% of its color. So uh, bourbon itself is crystal clear as water, except for the fact that it ages in a barrel. And a world without American white oak trees would be a world without bourbon as we know it. Um, So we have to keep all that in mind. So are we short on American white oak trees is the big question. There are two types of shortages. One is when it's not economically viable to harvest the white oak that we need for the barrels. And the reason why that sometimes happens is because when harvesters go into an area and they pay the money to be able to harvest on private land, um, they don't just harvest the oak trees. They're harvesting all of the different, um, you know, commercially viable tree species. And some of the times, the economy in 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 its whole doesn't have enough demand for those other types of trees. And so this happened during the Great Recession. There wasn't as much. Uh, oak available for barrels because there was no lumber that was going into construction because construction was slow. And so we had around, you know, starting in 2007, there were a lot of distilleries that couldn't get barrels. And some of the new Texas distilleries that started in the years after during the barrel shortage were having to age in smaller barrels because it was the only thing that was available to them. All of the full size barrels were being sold to the regular customers that were in the business before the downturn. The other type of shortage is when there are no suitable trees uh, because they just don't exist right because they've all been harvested and there's nothing that's mature and ready to go into the commercial market. And the the good news is, is that we're we're nowhere close to extinction uh, because of overharvesting that at least not yet. That's not our problem with. Uh, with the the oak forest right now. Uh, But there is an organization called the White Oak Initiative. And their assessments show that we have enough mature oak to sustain us for the next 10 to 15 years with our current course of growth. But after that, there's going to be some pretty major declines to follow uh, in in, in the decades to come. So the problem that we're experiencing is this whole notion that that green is always good, and that doesn't always translate to sustainability. Uh, what do I mean? So this is because you know there's this idea that if you have a forest, you don't need to manage it, right? It's green, it's natural, just let it do its own thing. Um, and what ends up actually being the case is. Uh, there's some arguments to be made that unmanaged forests increase the number of forest fires, uh, but it also allows invasive species to come in and compete with the native species for the resources to figure out who's going to grow. And right now, about 75% of all oaks surveyed, uh, white white oak acreage, which is around 104 million acres in the United States, could be classified as at least mature, meaning they could be harvested. And about 60% of those lands had no white oak seedlings present, and about 87% had no white oak saplings present. And that is the ultimate problem. That is what we are facing. It isn't that we don't have enough oak trees. It's that if you are trying to sustain an industry with a resource, and you have 20 years worth of resource right now, But at the end of that 20 years, you're not going to have that resource for 80 because what you really needed was five years that's ready now and five years that's going to be ready in five years and five years that's going to be ready in 10 years and five years that's going to be ready in 15 years. We do not have that in our current forest management situation. And that is ultimately what's causing the industry concern. So what's the solution?
1: Ah, I knew I was a bigger Bourbon Real Talk fan than you. How do you know that? Well, because I don't just use a prideful goat, Glenn. I got official Bourbon Real Talk tumbler.
0: Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, I got this Bourbon Real Talk lanyard to carry my whiskey glass in.
1: Oh, well, speaking of whiskey glasses, do you have one of these? No, I don't. Rocks glass. Oh, yeah? Yep, official.
0: Well, I love my wife, and I bought her this official whiskey wife flask from Bourbon Real Talk. Well, that's
1: cute and everything, but I got my wife one of these.
0: Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, and you can
1: just add your own liquor, and it's an actual cocktail right there in a, in a jar.
0: Me and my wife like to make cocktails, so we got this simple syrup on oh, the website. Oh, do you? Yeah. OK.
1: Well, do you and your wife have one of these? This is an official sticker. You can only get these on the website.
0: Uh, no, but I do have these official coasters that have the Bourbon Real Talk logo on them, and I'm representing
1: Hmm. Well, while you're representing those little coasters of yours, I've got an aroma kit. Do you? Yeah. So I can smell literally everything in bourbon. Well,
0: I don't have that, but I do have this sample box that I keep all my samples in because I'm part of the community and I share samples.
1: Yeah. But do you have? Glen toppers that are officially Bourbon Real Talk.
0: I don't have that, but I do have this large whiskey carrying case for my glasses so that I don't break
1: them. See, I knew you had that. That's why I have this, the smaller version, okay? It packs more easily into your suitcase. I uh-huh. don't have to mess with that big old thing. Okay.
0: Suitcase, that's for Lamos. Check this thing out. I have a bourbon real talk bottle carrying bag. You can't beat that.
1: I don't know if I can because. And
0: on top of that, I have a Bourbon Real Talk t shirt. I'm the bigger fan.
1: Oh, I can beat that. Is it extra schmedium?
0: No, I don't have an extra schmedium. Ha! Extra schmedium. <sighs> you might be the bigger fan. You win. I knew it.
1: So, whether you're a Bourbon Real Talk super fan or simply looking for quality whiskey swag, head over to bourbonrealtalk.com today
0: standards of identity for whiskey can change and what I think would be a very good solution and there is currently a, a the TTB is contemplating this change is right now all mash bill whiskeys uh, rye wheat and malt and obviously bourbon are all required to be aged and new charred oak containers and this obviously uses up the resources of our forests because they have to cut down new trees to be able to make new barrels. Uh, and you can't refill a barrel in the United States and still call it a mash bill whiskey. But the, the TTB just kind of copied and pasted the bourbon requirements for the other categories of whiskey. And there is no such thing in the code as an American single malt whiskey. But the term malt whiskey requires the use of new oak. And we are the only country in the world that requires whiskey made from malted barley to be aged in new oak containers exclusively to have its designation. Um, Everywhere else, in India, in Japan, in Scotland, in Ireland, everywhere else that uses malted barley, you are allowed to age and use containers. And so there is a possibility uh, that there could be a change uh, to that class of whiskey. Um, and maybe other classes of whiskey besides bourbon to allow the use of used barrels to provide a little bit of relief on the forest industry. Uh, and there there has been a petition to do so for malt whiskey. Um, and I actually can't tell whether or not it's passed yet or not, um, but I, I sure do hope that it does uh, because I think that one, it would bring our malt whiskeys more in alignment with the world's expectations because they're used to tasting whiskey that aged in a used barrel and two, it would provide this relief that we need. Another solution would be to bring together seemingly unrelated groups to face the problem. So distillers, coopers, which are the companies that make the barrels, winemakers, landowners, and climate change advocates all support this initiative. So distillers, coopers, winemakers, and landowners all want economic sustainability for financial reasons, but climate change advocates want this to be done because White Oak's sustainability equals capturing of CO2 emissions, which they want to fight climate change. And this means that there are resources available for landowners who are willing to get involved and get tapped into this movement. Um, There's public-private partnerships that are available out there. And there are 10 recommendations to create regeneration ranging from site preparation and replanting to selective harvesting and forest management and maintenance. Um, And so regulators can very simply implement these rules uh, inside the public lands. So uh, these public-private partnerships have brought together scientists to figure out like what is the solution to this problem, right? We we have all of this mature oak, but we don't have the seedlings, we don't have the saplings, how can we fix this? And, And they've come up with a very simple set of standards that you can follow and it will fix the problem. Um, But it's hard to get that implemented when it's not on public land. Uh, The problem is, is that these strategies uh, make great long term financial sense, but they sound scary in the short term. Uh, because you're you're having to do things that historically have been considered bad uh, as a private landowner, and most of the white oak forests are in private hands. So education is very important to get the landowners to implement these strategies. Because without them, the the financial benefits that will accrue uh, to future generations are basically going to go away, and and that is because of the life cycle of these trees so yes it's great all of your lands are filled with harvestable white oak forest but when you cut it and you cash in on that you're not going to be able to monetize your land again for roughly 80 years until the next generation of trees is able to grow to maturity and so i i I am a little bit worried about the future of the white oak forest in the united states because of all the demand from the growth of bourbon but I'm also encouraged because I'm seeing the right people come together, um, even people with you know varying political views and all that stuff, to come up with a solution that works. And I, I think that in the end they are going to find a multi-tiered solution, uh, ranging from changing the regulations so we do not need as many new oak barrels. Um, implementing changes on public lands and implementing public-private partnerships to educate for private lands so that we can get a forest that is more sustainable. Uh, But when you are hearing that there could be a barrel shortage, that is why. But if you're a consumer, don't panic. Um, we, We have what we need for a longer amount of time than I think it's probably going to take to solve this problem. Um, And if you're a producer who makes or wants to make American single malts, I would highly recommend that you join in on the petition. Um, You can do so online on the TTB website uh, about changing the standards of identity for that category so that you can start using um, some of your used barrels again. Uh, And if you're a landowner, I would strongly recommend that you go to the White Oak Initiatives website and get involved. Um, Because I think together we'll be able to come up with a solution to this problem. And as I said, as a consumer, I don't think that we need to worry yet. I think that the right minds are working on these things. But when you hear that there could be a barrel shortage, it's not because we don't have enough oak. It's because we don't have enough younger oaks that are going to be ready when we need them to. So hopefully this show was enjoyable for you. We appreciate you tuning in. I want to tell you a little bit about our show philosophy. And that is that we are all about bringing people together around bourbon. And that is uh, an initiative that's personally important to me because I lost my brother to suicide in 2014. He was a military veteran, um, he had PTSD, he was on opioids um, and he started to separate from the world that was around him. And that was kind of the recurring theme whenever I started to try and break down this situation was that he didn't feel like he had a place in this world anymore. And so I started looking for ways to help people feel more connected to the world around them. And I started seeing the connective power of bourbon and how it brought people together from different walks of life, even people who would normally not necessarily become friends on their own. And I thought, wow, if I can harness this power and get you connected to whiskey, maybe the whiskey will do the rest of the job and get you connected to others so that you don't have to feel the way that my brother did. And that is part of the reason why we started this podcast. Um, but it's also the main reason we started Bourbon Real Talk Community, because we've created a forum where you know normal people who want to have positive interaction and learn and connect with others can get in there and do so. And it became abundantly clear that we needed to start a forum like that when we started looking around at the other options for whiskey enthusiasts. And many of the online forums are feel, filled with people who it's what we call trolls. And they basically go on there and make fun of other people and use the forum to spread hate, uh, usually to pump themselves up. Uh, but that made me realize that if those individuals can show hate to you online, even though they don't really know you, there's nothing that keeps me from loving you online, even though I don't really know you. And that's why I end every podcast the same way. And that's this. If you wake up in the morning, you're unsure whether or not anyone loves you. Just know that I love you. And I'll see you next time on Bourbon Real Talk. Two two turntables and a microphone. Where it's at. Just kidding. Don't don't do that. Don't do that. You hear that? That's what we have to deal with. These dogs think they own this place. Do you know how much rent they pay? Zero. They don't pay no rent. They do pay me in cuddles. I'm not going to lie. They pay me in cuddles. One of them lays on me. It's like a weighted blanket, it. it's a whole thing. We don't need to get into the exchange rate or whatever, how many times they're allowed to make noise, and how much they have to like give me cuddles, it's fine. But the dogs, they do make recording difficult and she's gonna be snoring in about two seconds. All right, all around rolling. A whiskey troll is a person who seeks negative attention and uses contrarian attitudes to derail civil discussion in online forums. They communicate in ways they never would face-to-face because they're keyboard warriors. Their only goal is to make other people feel inferior.
1: Hey guys, I'm new here. I just got my first blatant. And trust me, you probably paid way too much. I don't care much about the blants, but nice <laughs> <laughs> There's no way that she didn't buy that at secondary, idiot. Oh, I know how you got that bottle.
0: So, are you sick and tired of the whiskey trolls running your fun online? Well, that's why we started Bourbon Real Talk Community. Congratulations. Let me know what you think when you open it up.
1: Hey, welcome to the group. Let me send you over a sample of Blanton's Gold and straight from the barrel. See how you like those. I remember back to my first bottle of Blanton's. It was the birthday to my son and we enjoy it every year on his
0: birthday. Congrats. So if you're looking to connect with some people online who aren't head over to facebook.com and join Bourbon Real Talk community today.